Oh, we're rolling? Yes. Hello, and welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise, Praise him. Praise him. Ha! 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 Oh, yeah. Ha! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. It's in me. Uh, the exqui- <laughs> I really just dived right in, didn't I? Yes. Today, we're going to be talking about The Exquisite Corpse Shall Drink the New Wine by Faye Bendrips, Gundog by Three Fates Theatre, and The Consequence of Kindness by Kieran Gould Dowen. Ah, so exciting. Yeah, baby. Thrilled to be here. Thrilled yeah, to be yeah. here. Hit it! <clears throat> okay, let's hit it, James. <laughs> Hello, James. Oh, hello, Jake. Hi. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be here, isn't it? Indeed. Oh, my God. It mm. feels so different. It felt, so you different. know, like, immediately after the Fringe stuff ended, mm. it felt goofy to not be seeing you constantly. And yes. And just talking to your face. Nice, even. Every hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we're back. We had a little break. We did. Almost accidentally, though, because I got COVID, and it meant that we couldn't record. We did try to record an episode, but Jake sounded like a chainsaw. Oh my god, it was really pathetic. It was like, James turned up to do the recording, and then I was just like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should have done it. But his voice sounded so different that you would not have recognised it. Yeah, no, that's what, we were considering doing it, and then as we were talking about it, even James was pointing at my throat, just being like, that doesn't sound like what a person sounds like. People will not be able to pay attention to what you say, because they'll be like, is that Voldemort? Voldemort. Voldemort. Oh, the fancy French pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Escape from, from the stage production. That's right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. We've done a show about the stage production of The Cursed Child. Flick back through our previous episodes yes. and have a listen. <laughs> Do you, you, like that little, you like that little I like part? that much more than me even bringing up the existence of Voldemort. Well, now we've justified it. In what way have we just... No, almost... No, re- we're plugging our own show. That's... Oh, yes! Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. as if I was just implanting a segue to yeah. self-promote. Yeah. Um, yeah, God, I hate talking about Harry Potter so much. Unless and yet we do a lot of it. We do. <laughs> we I do a lot the of way it. that things like that penetrate the zeitgeist like that. To the extent where it's like, after... I don't know how your Spotify... Not to talk about this. Your Spotify wrapped show. Oh, out, let's talk about Spotify but wrapped. But I definitely... And this is not a thing that I wanted to bring up. Not that we come into this with any level of... <laughs> preparation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... I, just in the wake of that, I was just like, I'm fucking sick of Taylor Swift so much. Oh, sure, in, okay. In, just in her being an element of, if you're going to talk about pop music in the world. You she, are, she is a necessary part of that to talk she about. She just doesn't, and maybe this is a very lame, vaguely misogynistic thing to say, but of late, I just don't think she seems very nice. <laughs> I think of late, I think, I, for, for me, I tried listening to her recent album, Flynn tried to show me a few of her songs, mm. and there's one where she talks about, like, revenge or something, mm. and I don't know, I just cannot look at Taylor Swift and think, you look like you are someone that's out for revenge. <laughs> you just look like a nice lady. Like, I don't, sure. like, I, I, yeah, I just don't really buy into that sure i think some of her songs are good yeah but i i i i i'm not really a huge taylor swift fan so i'm not really one for a conversation about taylor swift sure well the spotify algorithm really suggests that i am a taylor swift fan um and to an extent i am but i'm almost winning myself off it because i just don't like the idea of anything as with harry potter like I, mm. anytime that everyone is indulging in something I, it really makes it an unattractive prospect for myself to be engaging in it partly because i just feel like Everyone else is doing it for me. I don't need to do it too. Sure. Okay. Something. Some people would just say you could like a thing for liking it. Oh, for sure. But mm. I think outside of even liking it, I just think, I don't know, why not mix things up for the sake of like, you know, my minor contribution to the Jungian United collective consciousness, you know? You've all got that covered. Jung I'm going to go listen to my, my indie punk. <laughs> what if everyone starts listening to that, Jake? Well, then I'll be like, okay, I guess we're done here. What if everyone <laughs> says they're not going to jump up a cliff? Um, then off I go. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, <laughs> but guys, yes. get started. 
We're going to kill him. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag don't jump. <laughs> oh, let's let's avoid this one. Um, my Spotify Wrapped really mm. called me out as a musical theatre nerd. I always forget that I'm a musical theatre nerd until my Spotify Wrapped comes around. It's like, mm. you listened to five genres this year and three of them are musical theatre. Was it a lot of The Great Comet? Some of it was actually of one or two was. songs. I do like that. The musical's show. built for you. I love that show. It's a lot of random, different paced shouting. Um, but <laughs> and no. Josh Groban, you love some Groban. No, I listen to the original recording, not the one with Josh Groban. Was he, he not in the original? Me. No, he wasn't oh. in the original that I know of. Unless the person I've been listening to this whole time was Josh Groban with a younger sounding voice. I thought he. Yeah, there was originated. the original off Broadway recording. Oh. Oh God. Have I been listening to Josh Groban this whole time? I feel like it was Josh Groban on Broadway. He definitely was on Broadway, but in the sure. off-Broadway, I don't think it was Josh Groban. Okay, sure. Write in. Um, let Groban. me know if I'm wrong. Gro- Groban heads. Oh my god, and also Groban Josh Rites. Groban, tell me what it was like to work on Ally McBeal. Please, Josh Groban, let me know. Josh Groban, can you tell me what Ally McBeal is? James. I don't care. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, the top three of my top five songs were... On, I've spoken, I think on the first episode of this podcast, I mentioned a show called Ride the Cyclone that yes. I've been listening to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Three of my top five songs were from that musical. Oh, good God. Yeah. The top that, three, is, in fact. Did, is that the one that you compared to Hands on a Hard Body? Was there a similarity between those two things? Uh, maybe. I don't know why I would have. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little bit because it's about like five people sort of, and you just go through and into, it's also in that way a bit of chorus liney. It's just like there's five or six people and it just goes through and each one of them has a chance to sort of sing about their life and why they're there. Uh-huh. It's a great show if you have a chance to listen to Ride the Cyclone. Mm-hmm. Have a listen. Sure. Um, so that was my Spotify rap <laughs> slapping me in the face. Sorry, I just had the idea Go of like... Go on. <laughs> you know how we often, relatively often, talk about the thing of like everyone should have to do a cabaret at yes. least once? Yes, it's a great idea. It should almost be like a rite of passage that every gay person at some point, just almost like having to do military service in Israel, <laughs> has to at some point <laughs> deliver the monologue from a chorus line about being left with like the drag queens and stuff. You know, oh, that monologue. yeah, I've, I've literally heard it once, but I love it. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, a great yeah. idea. Thank you. Um, we'll put it into legislation if my election goes well. Jake, the elections happened. We voted, guys. We, we did, did it. Oh, we did. Oh my God, James. How was your voting experience? My voting experience, as usual, was a mess. Largely because <laughs> I was still Just getting over COVID, so I still sounded raspy, so I was very self-conscious about talking to anybody. Yes, fair enough. On top of that, I rocked up to this like little church that I was going to to do my vote. Was it? No, it was like a school hall that I was going to. And then I started getting there. At this point, a few days before, I'd already spoken to like a handsome guy in the street about socialism. He was handing out socialism pamphlets. So and naturally, I was like, you voted socialist. Preaching to the choir, uh-huh. you hot devil. So it's <laughs> like, good. yeah. So then, and then on my way in, there was also like a Labour candidate I think who like gave me a thing or maybe it was like a Greens lady but I got a pamphlet off them and I was like okay this is fun haha <laughs> I like pamphlets and then but as I was about to turn into the hall to do my voting I locked eyes with one of these liberal fuckers uh, like this like vaguely attractive liberal guy and he was guy. hot and he made you vote liberal he was <laughs> is that not how democracy works hottest <laughs> bitch wins <laughs> yeah no so I started heading into the hall saw this liberal person they were like uh, vote liberal and like put a pamphlet out to me and then the, the, just the people pleaser inside of me was just much Jake. louder than my like political activist and so I was like oh I'll give it a look and then grabbed this pamphlet and then walked inside of course I did not vote liberal because of this mm. but what I felt awful about was the thing of like me being a relatively conspicuously homosexual man holding a liberal pamphlet holding even just like knowing that there were other humans around there was this like greens or labor person that I had just gotten a pamphlet off for them to see me I was skipping towards this liberal person to take their pamphlet and saying, I'll give them a look. I hate to think that them in their political undertakings have seen me representing the demographic that I belong to. Mm. It's like, I might vote liberal. Yeah. I don't like them thinking that that character you got to stop that people pleaser inside you. Because you do it. You do do that when you line up in, in the voting queues. I've seen you do it. 
Well, what's the other option? Slapping them in the face? Yes! Being like, you Nazi. It's literally why we're there to vote. You say, no! But at that point, you're not having... A, it's, 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 I don't know. Somehow it feels akin to that thing of like you're never engaging with a monolith. Like me being rude to one liberal, like a liberal person. It doesn't matter. You're rude to them. They're just a liberal. It's but fine. they're still a person. I just don't want to be mean to anybody. No, I... I, I... There's a way to do it without being mean. You just say no. You just say no because if because especially like, if you're, always, no to, like, if you're holding a greens pamphlet, yes. you could just do the thing of like oh no, and then wave the green pamphlet. At them. But even then, if I isn't there an argument to, to be made for if I take a pamphlet, that's one less pamphlet for a liberal voter. Maybe I should ask for more liberal pamphlets. Give them all to me. I'll yes. spread them around for you. I want to eat them. My voting experience was also at a little school hall. <laughs> I'm done with, I'm done with your story tell. now. So <laughs> like I've learned to segue to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you have more to say? Doesn't matter, does it? No, I'm curious now. No, that's <laughs> truly it. Oh, okay. <laughs> interesting. Well, I can, I can tell when you're done, Jake. I know when your stories are wrapped up. So, off I plumped. I yes. had my Christmas party for my, my work the night before. Uh-huh. Um, which was fun. Yeah, that was a nice time. Yes, it was a bunch of medical staff getting drunk. Oh, which good! Is always fun and having around been... all the instruments. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give you a scan. <laughs> no, um, was, that was a nice night. And then I left early because I had to go to the dentist in the morning. Mm-hmm. I went to the dentist. I had four fillings. God, because you went into this with some level of like foreboding. Oh, I, I knew my teeth were fucked. Like, right. like I was meant to go and see the dentist to have this done before COVID. Mm. Uh, and then oh. COVID happened. And it, like, now, you needed four fillings back then? No, I only needed one or two. So okay. these have developed. Um, guys, <laughs> I, have, I have bad teeth. I'm, I'm, I'm relatable. I'm real. Wait, you had two fillings you needed, and then you anxiously just kept chomping on candy canes since COVID. Do you remember <laughs> lockdown? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there we go. Um, so I went back to the dentist, um, and this time I said. Oh, so there are all birds. A lot of birds outside. around. A lot of birds out there. I feel like you guys can never hear the birds, so we just sound can. insane. <laughs> you hear them too, right? <laughs> uh, so I went along and I sat in the chair and I said, "Hey, Doctor Tran. I don't know if dentists are doctors. I said, Doctor Tran. I don't know if her name's Tran. <laughs> her name. I know her name's Tran. So That's if good. you have a dentist called Tran, she's great. Um, I said, I know it's going to be bad. I don't need you to sugarcoat it. Just tell me what's going on because the sugarcoating's been the problem. Oh. oh. Um, so I sat in the chair. She looked at my teeth. First thing she says is, "Oh, mate, this is bad." I just feel like that's not what you're allowed to say to a... No, it's good. It's good. I was like, I know. I know it's bad. Uh, so the next week I was told to come back and that's why I came back and I had these four fillings. Okay. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. I was this close to having a root canal in one of those teeth. So I'm so glad I went when I did. Okay. Because she gave me the... Sorry, skip ahead if you're scared of dentist stuff. <laughs> gave me the little anesthetic injections in the bottom of my gums. Mm. And she was drilling into them and I could feel it yes. resonating in my skull. It sounded yes. like electronic music. It was wild. Oh my God. Did you like it? Uh, no, it was one of the most horrible experiences of my life. I hated it a lot. Because it was like two women, which is just two of them, just on me, like holding me down. And I can feel I could feel bits of my tooth falling onto my tongue. Yes. No, horrible, horrible, oh, horrible. Weren't you contemplating like requesting they put you unconscious? Wasn't that No, this thing? is for that. I, I also need to have some wisdom teeth out. So I, I'm getting oh, ready. So that's, oh, you want to be sleeping beauty I want to be sleeping for, for the wisdom teeth out. Absolutely. I'm okay. not fucking around with that. Jake, Jake talks about having his wisdom teeth out fondly. Oh, fucking loved it. No. It was so good. So good. What, uh, uh, to fill you beautiful people in. Mm. <laughs> I suddenly had this like searing wisdom tooth pain and I had it for maybe like half a day, almost a day of just like, oh, I want to be dead. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll just wait. because I think God, it was tooth the... pain really is the difference on a pain. Oh my God. Oh, you it takes can't you get in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it was a Saturday or something or like a Sunday and I was like, oh, I'll wait for a weekday. But I was like, oh, I cannot survive this agony. Wow. And so then I had to go to that like emergency dental hospital near Melbourne University. Yep. So I went there, waited in the waiting room for at least an hour and a half. 
pure agony the entire time. And then... Yeah, by the time I got in there, there's like a lovely dentist man who I think some of them are students and some aren't. I don't know how this hospital works. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they were like, oh yeah, we have to take this out. And it was just, I think it was a mixture of like the pain being over, but then also the hilarity of the experience of having these two dental students in my mouth, yanking my chomper out because... Getting had, a leg up on the chair to get the right it, leverage. It truly was Jesus. like, they were like treating me like I was a tree stump or like... <laughs> I. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like a monster. <laughs> no, you felt like an ogre. I felt like an ogre. It seemed like, yeah, they were getting some sort of... Because they said my root had done some weird enthusiastic thing where it had like bent in order to keep itself more firmly in my head. Oh, my God. And it's like, why do you want to be in here? I don't. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Oh. Um, yeah, but it was just really funny having two people in my mouth. And that story makes me want to be put under even more. I don't want a memory of people rooting around in my mouth. It's one of my favourite memories. Okay, you're <laughs> So I got my teeth done. Now, friends, if you've had a feeling before, I advise you to get a UV light, shine it in your mouth, and see where they are. Where what are? The fillings. So, you oh. know those COVID tests that sometimes come with a little UV light? A little weird, like... Huh? Like, they had this weird off-brand that had, like, a UV light. If you have that UV torch, or any UV torch, shine it in your mouth. Yeah. You can see that it looks... You, they show, they glow in the dark, and you can see exactly where they scraped all that little filling stuff on. Quack, quack. It's really weird. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And... Semen almost, like also semen. <laughs> and a lot of semen. Lot, just, oh, so much semen. You I, can see, why is, why is this, like, the filling? I done? don't know, I, whatever material they, at least for me, whatever material they put in my mouth, it, it, it shines a bit brighter with UV light, so you can just see, oh, that's exactly where they put the filling stuff. That's what they've done. You should call it like a disco. Well, that's the one I'm worried about going to any party now with, with UV lights. If I smile too much, <laughs> boom, see your they can see my fillings. Which is good, because I want them to see the money I spent. Jesus. Then you should have gone with gold. Well, this is what I'm, I'm... Give me gold! I want to see the money. Anyhow. <laughs> so I had my dentist appointment, um, and then I went to vote, mm-hmm. which was fine. was fine. Fine! I just lined up with Flynn. We went and had a little voting session. Mm-hmm. Um, is Flynn some sort of voting assistant? Flynn is my boyfriend. Oh my god, James! Yeah, I know. It's exciting. Congratulations. Time, happy time, election. Time. Um, and we voted, and it was actually like really short line, and that's my voting story. I have nothing no, happened. Nothing happened. No, we you lined up. You committed no faux pas. No, lined up. I took the Greens pamphlet to mm. tell me how to vote. Great. I ignored the Liberal who tried to hand me a flyer. Well done. Thank With you. A palm to the face. No, I just didn't look at them. Oh my god. Yeah, like they were like, like, excuse me. They were like, oh, Jake, this is the difference between you and I. Go ahead. When when, <laughs> when you're walking down the street and someone tries to stop you, be like, hi, how's your day going? Mm. With like a pamphlet. Do you stop and talk to them? Of course. <laughs> I looked uh, yesterday. I was walking down the street. She was like, hi, what are your thoughts on? I looked at the face like, I'm really busy. Sorry. And just kept walking. Uh-huh. That's the, you just got to do it. And they get it. You're not going to stop and talk to them all the time. Mm. And it's not like you're being like, fuck you. I was busy. I had to go and get a haircut, you know? Sure. And that's what I did to this liberal person. Except for the liberal, I also squatted in front of him and took a poo on the floor. Oh, yes. Uh, just classic <laughs> liberal behaviour. Um, voted, done. And that was, I guess... Are we going to do, like, a weekly wrap-up? Because it's been a while since we've done this. So are we going to, like, talk about a week? Or are we going to, like, rate our past few weeks? What do you think? Um, oh, yeah, we could just rate the gulf between our last recording session and this one. Great. I also... What else did I fucking... I... Oh, um, outside of having COVID... <laughs> yeah, which is fun. Wouldn't recommend. And sorry if there's any lingering rasp. It is still here. It sounds it's, a lot better. Thank you. Mm. But, yes, it's me and not Lindsay Lohan. I get that mistake a lot. During my phone sex operation. I was going to say, not when they look at you. No, I do not look like Lindsay. One day, when I get the money... Are you Mike Myers in in Shrek? (laughs) What do we mean? Am I Mike Myers in Shrek? Are you Shrek? Am I... (laughs) You must get this all the time. Are you Shrek? (laughs) Hi, big fan. (laughs) (laughs) The third one wasn't fantastic. Just say something in your voice, please. (laughs) 
Hmm? You were saying a story. Oh, oh just also my, my sister was in town. She was oh. here. She's the one from Perth. Yes. She came, met her boyfriend. She's doing was... like a camper van tour and then she stopped in Perth. Is that right? She did a camper van tour. Then she was teaching. Then she was a waiter. And then she was, well, she was like a bartender. And then Is she's she teaching in Perth. And now she's, yeah. And now she's kind of like emergency teaching and also contemplating like teaching, teaching. But yeah, she's just like flomping around Perth. Oh with, my God, amazing. With her gentleman friend. Yeah. So that's that. Great. You know, family fiesta. Uh, how would you rate the golf? The golf... The golf. I'll give it. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it 27 stars mm-hmm. because I think that's the IQ point level I went down to with my COVID brain fog. I'm pretty sure it was the sort of insidious brain fog where I didn't realize I had it until I started reflecting on the things that I'd done. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. It's like oh, <laughs> like you wrote something down thinking it was really smart. And you look back, it's like shoes big on foot. Absolutely, wrote stuff down that was stupid, yeah, right. messaged people really dumb things that I thought was like funny or charming, and I was like, oh, they should stop talking to yes. me. <laughs> if this is how I always talk to them, you, th- 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 oh, who was this dull, irritating man that messages me I sometimes? I didn't notice any difference. <laughs> so 27 um, IQ point stars. Yes. Great. Yes, how many stars would you give your golf? I would give my golf. Oh. Do you have anyone in your life that enjoys golf? With an O. The, the, like that I know personally, like like friends. Yes. Like, do you mean like friends? Because we both know a few people, people that you talk golf. to. Fr- oh, like Jessica and Jessica whatnot. and James. Yes. Oh, sh- yes. No, they're both golf people. Are, like, yeah, they're like twenties and thirties. Like, yeah, they love golf. Golfers. I get the appeal, but it is also like wait, stop there. You get the appeal. I get. I, 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 the only I get the appeal of being out in the open playing a fun sport that doesn't revolve run involve like running and running and running. You know, I get. That. You get the laziness of golf. No, absolutely. <laughs> I get the laziness of golf. I hate golf in general for all the obvious reasons of it taking up land and using so much water and being a rich person sport. I sure. think it needs to be abolished and mm-hmm. killed. Um, that could almost be interesting though if you like uh, like you subtract all of the wealth and richness, uh, richness and like opulence out. Is there anything that's, that's like gorilla golf where you just put a hole somewhere random and then you start somewhere else random, just in the wild? I guess like that, that trope of like the businessman putting a coffee mug down to use as a golf hole. But then take the mug and put it in a different building. Oh yeah, there's always. I feel like there's always like in any movie about like an underdog, they're always playing golf on the rooftop of like a New York apartment, you know? Or they're always like... Like, and they're swinging the ball out towards the Hollywood sign. Yeah, exactly. Like that sort of thing. Like sure. there's always we're from the New York apartment. It's yes. a real good swing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of it. It's like all terrain. Like it's fucking like parkour golf. Guys, join our parkour golf team. Yes, it's dangerous. We'll be called Praise <laughs> Diagolfus. Do you like that? Really um, I give my golf. Uh, it's gonna sound bad, but I give it four. Okay. Because that was how many feelings I had, and it just has stuck with me so much. Sure. But, but you'd hope but, so. You'd hope those things to fall out. Oh, fuck, I hope not. Yeah, right. Oh, God. Guy I was speaking to last night in my other job, I, I do a little hospitality job on the side. Everyone he there, I've said the it. I dabble. Um, <laughs> I like to feel what it's like. Uh, I don't understand the poor. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that show. Um, he told me that some of his feelings fell out when he was eating. Ew. And, like, he felt them crunch. Uh, gross. Mm, so that's something I'm scared of. Uh-huh. Should we talk about theatre? Were they old feelings? Was it back when they used like mercury, whatever they used to use? He's my age. Oh. So no, I assume not. Okay, interesting. Well, best of luck to you. Stop chewing gum. And your semen-flavoured fillings. Oh, they're just made of gum. They're just gum. <laughs> just gum. <laughs> Dr. Tran, I cannot afford a normal filling. Could you per- perchance use gum? <laughs> uh, no, she didn't. She used uh, porcelain, I believe it is. Oh, professional. Yes. So you're like a little plate. A fancy little plate. Oh. Come on, eat out of my mouth. Yeah, ah. like like one of the extras in Be Our Guest. Oh yeah, that's good. That's a good reference. Is it? Sure, <laughs> sure. 
It's from the animated one, not the live action. I haven't seen the live action. Actually, I have seen the live action one with, with an ex of mine, and it was bad. The relationship the with the whole ex. experience, yes. Oh, golly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway. I was going to talk about Theodore. Theodore. Hello. Disgusting. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Oh, so good. Great. You're holding a little piece of paper in your hand there. What's on it? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no. So I went to La Mama. The courthouse. I, I'm a very, I'm aware of a courthouse, yes. Yeah, I went there with a tall, beautiful, handsome man and a nice jumper. And we went to, why are you squinting? Because I'm trying to figure out who this man was. Yeah, it's very intriguing. Which one? It? He makes puppets. I know the one, yes. And he's beautiful, yes. Yes, good. So we went and we sat and we went and we saw um, the exquisite corpse shall drink the new wine. That is a hell of a title. It's a hell of a title. It's a title I always get wrong every time that I try to say it. The exquisite so, corpse shall drink the new wine. I agree. Mm. Yes. It's great. Um, we sat there at the start, which is, you know, always... It, it, it's some type it's of... It's how things begin. Uh, no, but it's, uh, uh, you know, something that is typically tumultuous in my noggin. They handed us out lyrics that at some point we were oh. going to have to be... At this point, I didn't know anything about this show. That's immediately scary, though. Oh, of course. Mm. All I knew about the show going in was, like, I remember the promo imagery being sort of, like, creepy dolls with pearl necklaces on, and I was like, sold. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we, yeah, turned up, sat there, had lyrics in our hands. Of course I was frightened. But and what row were you in? We were, I'd say, six rows back Great. on the aisle. Yep, perfect. Which I think is good for the courthouse. Agreed. Um, you don't want to be too high up. It gets real hot up It gets back real there. hot up Jesus. there. Yes. Yes. Um, but yes. But, of course, very nice space to be in. I like it a lot. Mm. Went in. Preset, you dumb bitch. Oh! Fucking we preset. We like a preset alarm. We do. Ding, 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 ding. Preset. Yes. <laughs> a thousand points. Yes. Went in and like the whole cast is on stage. So it was like three <gasps> women at the front and there's like a band at the back left corner and then there's like a man sitting in a like a bed at the back, sort of like upstage right hand side of the stage. Oh. Just in a bed. And everyone's dressed in white. There's pearl necklaces galore. Um, and everyone seems like they're all like every cast m- member I'd say is like north of the age of 45 oh heaven heaven okay, great. deeply immediately into good start so we go inside everything's going really well at this point I say that it is if things take a turn they don't <laughs> it was a good time great <laughs> okay, <laughs> out of the way now yes got in sat down had looks in our hands Sitting next to man, sitting there watching the show. Um, it being La Mama, we had raffle tickets. Neither of us won. Oh. Thank God. Thank. Thank God. Thank God. What do you? Oh, Did you want to win? We have different. Like, yeah, I want to win. No, every time I get La Mama, what was I'm the terrible. prize? Uh, oh, this time Script it or? was no. I think it was. Oh, was it some sort of? Uh, I forget. I forget. I think it was like something music based because it was like a. A, it was like a song cycle. Didn't win. Doesn't matter. Didn't win. Doesn't matter. I wish I could remember. It was certainly something sweet. Yeah. Um. I don't know, but thank God. No, because you really want to win those raffles. Because I, I want things. Really? Even if it means having to like express public enthusiasm? Yes, absolutely. If I win, great. Really? Because if you don't win, no problem. Oh, okay. That's great for you. No, a tremendous fear of mine. I like material goods. You like material goods, but even like the extent to which I have a fondness, even if it's a thing that I wanted to win in the raffle, even if it was like a meet and greet with Hugh Dancy, I would still be like, oh, but I do not want this audience to know that I'm enthusiastic about this. What if this. it's a date with Rob Mills? A date with... What do you mean a date with Rob Mills? Isn't you he You get engaged? to sit down, have dinner with him, and he'll, he'll act like he's having a date with you. Ma- no, I don't need him to pretend to have a date with okay, me. Okay, he'll just have a genuine nice meal with you. I don't need to Leo Grand Rob Mills. No, if he was like, if it was like a dinner, and it was just like, I get to like sit with Rob Mills in like a private room yep. in a restaurant, yep. and we can just like have like a three hour dinner and just have like normal human conversation. Yep. You'll look, then I will want to win. Oh, well, there raffle. we go. Isn't that's that what it would take. Right. Absolutely. That is interesting, isn't it? Mm, that's just, there is there is a price. There is a price. That's, Everyone's got a price. That's, that's the price tag on that. Mine is a script of the show. Like, I don't care. Even I a script of a different it. show. Absolutely. <laughs> Even just 
a blank book I'll take it <laughs> Just a bunch of empty paper stapled together Done <laughs> Give it to me It's stuff I didn't have before I just like to win And I like stuff Those are both true <laughs> Yeah no So no. you're sitting there Didn't win didn't Sad win. loser no, no no Happy loser Happy loser So jazzed Oh my god The, the, the mental energy I expend During the picking out of the ticket And then the reading of the numbers on it The amount of rehearsing I'm doing in my mind To be like Okay this is the sound mm-hmm. You'll have to make if you win this Take Okay. My right. brain doesn't work. It doesn't. Show starts. And so then what essentially then the show then proceeds to be is like, so this, why you, why you. It's just every, I've, I've, I've listened to these recordings and every. I even hear myself say, saying yeah. that phrase. was like, we got to stop saying it proceeds to be because yeah. they know. They t- that's how shows work. <laughs> and also like the word is kind of encompasses that entire concept, doesn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. <laughs> so the show is these three women. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but does it proceed to be or not? Um, so there's three women and what it's like, it's, it's kind of like, it's unclear as to the like, explicit setting of where they are. It's hinted with like the white aesthetic and with the guy at the back in the bed being a bit bonkers and the women too kind of having this mental, um, this, this sort of like fluidity of reality that kind of exists throughout the piece. It's like, are they in a mental asylum? Did they all used to be in an asylum together and now they're living in like a fancy house? Are they remembering lives of people that aren't them that were in an asylum? Oh, wow. Okay. Like, it's, this, it's very, like, this, like, yeah. Nebulous world. So nebulous. Mm. Train neb. And then, but so then what's, like, the function of it is kind of like, they're stirring this cauldron the entire time, these three women. And then they'll extract some of the potion, or it'll already be in a bottle or something. They'll drink the thing in the bottle, like one of them will drink it, Ooh. and then they'll, before doing so, they'll say the title, the, the, the exquisite corpse shall drink the new wine, drinks from this bottle, the liquid somehow then imbues them with some woman from the past, Ooh. and they'll like say the name of the woman, and kind of like where she came from and what she was sort of Like, like real historical figures? Or I have no made idea. Up? Okay, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know if they've made all these women, like some of the women up, all the women up, I don't know. But, and so then either one or all of the cast members, typically all of the cast members will then kind of like embody this woman and they'll sing a song oh. and the song will be colored by who this woman was. And some of them are like existing lyrics from old songs. Some of them seem to be like fully new creations um, by like by Faye Bendraps, who's at least like either like arranged them or worded them or whatever but mm. yeah so it's just like this song cycle voicing these women through these three yeah premise. and it was just like on top of getting to see like these like sort of like evolved wonderful skilled performers um yeah doing this stuff it's like also like the structure of that obviously lends itself to being like a little bit random and surprising mm. and you're not like you're not like trudging through a plot you're not super interested in it's just yeah. kind of like this interesting cascade of emotional experiences you get to go through um, yeah, and yeah, we got to come out of it having heard a bunch of like new music we hadn't heard before from these artists that we hadn't remembered having seen before. Um, there's, there's, there's this really great song called Do You Know My Aunt Eliza? Which is great. It's a great title. <laughs> oh my God. Do you they, know the Aunt Eliza? I don't know oh, Aunt Eliza. Okay. I hope someone out there does. She mm. sings like a hoot. But, um, and yeah, just getting to hear that. They did it again after the show was over. Everyone knows it's a crowd Oh, favorite. is that good? Great. Really good fucking song. Um, there was this really great part where one of the actors came out sort of like into the audience doing this really beautiful monologue about this sex machine. Too fast, too fast. This woman, sorry, I got excited, came into the audience and had this really fantastic monologue about um, like a sex machine and about like horniness. It's just oh. like lately, women discussing the, like, the details of their erotic moisture. <laughs> it's just... Okay. How I'm gonna word that? No, it's, that's and a good word. I want more of it. You know? Yeah, great. Yeah, that sounds like a really. I I love any time 
theatre or like songs or any of these things are presented like magic. What you you know, like the stirring the cauldron, drinking the potion, incanting yourself to be able to actually do these things. Yeah. Like similar sort of vibes to that um satanic show you saw. Mm. I just I think it's such a nice because it is sort of like a magical transformation that takes place on the stage. So I think anytime I see people actually doing that, mm. it just feels right. Sure. It just feels so natural and it's sort of like, yeah, we it, it we know I don't know. We know it's not real what they're doing on stage, so yeah, make it magic. Oh my god, do there's, it. There's something about that that type of magic, which yeah, was similar to like Hellsong with Sebastiano. Mm. It was like somehow it feels very grounding. Like I've always found mad like magic and witchcraft and stuff to be exceptionally like grounding and like feels like it unites you with the universe in some sort of yeah. way. Like it embraces the almost like this idea of collective thinking, and especially something like invoking the spirit of a person that used to be around inside the living vessel of yourself. Mm. Like there's something about the connectivity of that experience, which is almost kind of like at odds with the, with the kind of like single minded individual, like individualism that exists, like and permeates, especially Western culture. Totally. Um, well, it's also, also very similar to the way actors actually just channel the words of writers. Totally. Yeah, yes. Like it's, it's everyone works oh, it's within the, each other. It's the nature of theater in itself. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, everyone being so vessels nice. for each other. Mm. Fuck. It's lovely. Yeah. That's so lovely. Um, is, have they done that show before? Is it, is it like a no, thing they're going to do again? I don't know where this show came from. It's It feels really tourable. It feels like a... Th- yeah. And it certainly feels like a thing that you could kind of plonk into sort of whatever performance space you want to put it into because it kind of all hinges like on the, the talent of these musicians and these performances. And it's also got that thing of... It's it's like the variety shows that I like talking about. Yeah. It's got that thing of you can just change the songs, update it. Oh my it, God. You can keep doing it. Yes. That sounds really great. Yeah. It's a cool little structure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it <laughs> led me to wondering, um, mm. what sort of witch would you grow into? Like, with these performers being kind of like north of 45, whatever age they were, yeah. when you're like up there in like your 50s and 60s or older, what sort of witch do you see yourself becoming? What sort of witch do I see myself becoming? Yeah. Do you do you have an immediate answer for this? Because I need a bit of thought. I was thinking about it on the train the other day. And if I were to think about it now, I'd come up with a different answer. But the answer that I came up with on the train then was like... <laughs> the sort of witch that you hear stories about in town and it's sort of like a quiet little like I feel like it's maybe in the 70s but it's in the future of course uh, but it's like there's a weird house on a block and it's got like like weeds in the front yard and the mm. fence is really like angry looking yep. and the, the windows are all shut you're the witch from Big Fish Ew, no, nothing Tim Burton. There's okay, something, something uh, yeah, I don't know, but like in like a like a sort of like dilapidated mansion, uh, and I live in there. That is the witch from Big Fish. No, <laughs> but I know it's me. Okay, sure. <laughs> you have a glass eye. Yeah, more of like maybe even more of the energy of like a death becomes her situation. There's more sure. whimsy to it than that. I just don't want to do anything in the Burton universe. The sure. Burtiverse is the not Bert-verse. where I want to be. I've been watching Wednesday. Uh, the uh, Burtiverse. <laughs> Um, um, okay. Yes, but the, and you hear things and no one goes in to get their balls from the front yard. But like, but if anyone... That is literally what happens in Big Fish. But I'm changing my mind. What? I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought maybe more in like a Sanderson sisters direction. Someone that like people turn to in times of crisis because they know that I'll help, but they're frightened of me oh, still. Oh yeah, that's it. That is... Like I want to be of use to the neighborhood, but people are like inexplicably frightened. I think I just enjoy the time alone. I think you do want to be the witch from Big Fish. But that's I need to. I look. I'll watch Big Fish again. I think you're, yeah, because you, what you've described is that character. Um, the witch that I. That's a good witch, though. I get that. I, I you want to be feared, helpful. but you want to be helpful. Yes. I don't want to be helpful. Okay. Um, I do want to be feared. Okay. Um, I would want to be like. I think I'd want to be like, like, 
a witch of the 1920s, you know? Okay. Like, I'd want to be, like, a socialite. I'd want to be at parties. And I'd want to be like, oh, darling, you wouldn't understand. Do people I'd know you're unbearable. a witch? Yes, but it's, a, like, an unspoken truth. Like, it's, oh. it's the, you, I think it's, like, the fear of you don't address it, but you know it's going on. Okay. And you're, you always see her out at parties and you're like, oh, that's blah, blah, the witch. But you don't say it to her face because you don't know what you would do. Oh, I think sure. that sort of vibe. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's where I think I want to use my witchy powers for personal gain. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would okay. be. And are you by yourself in terms of like you're practicing of your? Witchcraft? I'm surrounded by like. Are they all like is your harem that I assume you have? Yes, I was about to say just, harem. Of just hot people. Yeah, hot people. <laughs> empty hot people that are just around. Not you. empty. No, they're all artful and interesting, and they all have things to say. But, but you're none of them are witches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm the leader. I know yes. the witches, yes. but they're not in my little And they're room. also largely just like part of this harem's job is to obscure you from other people talking about you at the parties. Yes, exactly. And then yes. if someone finds out that something spooky's going on, I can use one of them as a fall, you know? They oh can, they can take the... Oh, oh, if I'm going to be this Wait, powerful witch. Oh my God, the hierarchy exists like that? Yeah. <laughs> You're just throwing these harem members under the bus at a moment's notice. Only the lower ranked members. There are lower ranked <laughs> members? I know what the ranks are. They don't. <laughs> I've got this worked out. Don't worry. I've got, oh my I've God. Ideas. You'd be on the second tier. Thank you. <laughs> Any other questions? Terrific. No, I think that That's was revealing question. enough. Yeah, I yeah. think it's an interesting question too. Yeah. What which would you want to be? But also sort of then I feel like that question sort of immediately requires that person to have an understanding of what witches are. Well, I think everyone does have an understanding of what but witches are. But I feel are. like everyone has a different understanding of what witches are. I think are that's what's work. interesting though. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Because what if I, someone's only ever seen like Bewitched or someone's only ever seen like the movie remake of Bewitched or as apparently you have Big Fish by Tim I, I, but not I don't recall anything about that plot and yet you okay I'm gonna stop because this is uninteresting for me to keep but going I, no but I think it's in, yeah no but I think in that way it is interesting in the way that people yeah. have ingested the idea of what witchery is I love seeing witches on stage okay. anytime someone does anything witchy on stage I mean I love it I think yeah. it's great I think it's always great I definitely think there's some appeal to being like Stockard Channing and Diane Weist in Practical Magic that type of witchcraft like they their style of magic is really appealing to me. And I like the idea of them having a sister. I've never seen Practical Magic. That's almost misogyny. But, yeah. Yep. Well, but, yeah, that, that, that style just always seemed a bit cosy. I mean, they're not very good at having I like friends. the craft. Got, well, of course. That's what I have seen. Anything where the witchcraft isn't like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which I loved, but the, the whole Sabrina the Teenage Witch thing of just like you point and then sparkles make things happen. You, yeah, yeah. That's like not really that one where she wiggles her nose and things happen. Bewitched. Yes. yes. That's not. Oh, that's bewitched. I'm thinking Sabrina bewitched. the Teenage Witch. Yes. Yeah. 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 But the stuff where it's like connected with nature in some sort of way, or it's just like all it takes is a bunch of like women concentrating in a circle to make something weird happen. That's kind of like what I'm into. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Which let's is... talk about something else. All right. Bang! Oh god. Woof woof. Oh no. What's that? I don't know. It's a gun and a dog. Oh god. It's gun dog. It. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> that was well put together, Thank James. You so much. Is that from the Wrap it up. Let's talk about the next one. That's all we need to say. That's all. Bang, bang, woof. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure out what, whether I would do like a bang or a for the gun. What what noise do you make when you imitate a gunshot? Um, I just start ranting about gun reform. Yeah, I think we need more. <laughs> I know, but go on. What's the noise you want us to make? Um, if I make the noise, just make the noise. I'm just no, but I'm just imagining all I would ever in terms of making a gun sound. Either, ooh, I either, I'm pretending to kill myself. Yep. 
and I just so I just say boom, but then of course I have to gesture with my other hand that isn't being the gun. My brain's leaving my skull, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so there's a gesture to go with it. Okay. If I do the boom, boom. Otherwise, I'm doing sexy guns across at a person, and that's and then I go bang, 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 bang. Okay, so bang. I do like a little. Pachoo. Oh, is that a ricochet? Yeah, yeah. Which I think is a great name for a drag king. If you're listening, Rick O'Shea. Rick O'Shea. Take that. That's yours. That is nice. I thought it was good. But they have to be Irish or they could just be a cowboy? Uh, in my head, they're like almost like a Ron Swanson like news presenter type. I'm Ricochet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. nothing inherently gunny about them. But they could be a cowboy. <laughs> this is the thing. Take the name. <laughs> do your own thing with them. Take it. Great. Um, uh, so Gundog Gun is a show that we saw. Yeah. We both saw this show. Separately. Not at the same time. Of course not. I saw the preview. You did. And I saw opening night. Opening night. Such a fun time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're taking the reins on this one? I, I guess I am. Uh, Gundog, we wandered in. I went with Flynn, my mm. partner. Yes. We ran into, in the foyer, we ran into, I cannot remember her name because my brain is a sieve. Good. Um, gorgeous lady with amazing red hair. Uh-huh. Uh, and her partner was Voldemort from Voldemort and the Teenage Something Rather. Oh, great. Yes. 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 Alex Something. Yes. Just look at us. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, he, he was really fantastic playing Tom Riddle. Yes, exactly. Yes. And they seem like a, they seem like a very lovely pair. And I just thought that was something I wanted to say immediately to you directly. I just thought that was a nice little link. You wanted to tell me that Tom Riddle's in a seemingly healthy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Are you happy about that? How does that make Praise you feel? Dionysus. Praise Dionysus. <laughs> Praise him. Uh, so we wandered in. It was it was preview. So it was um wasn't a full crowd. Okay. So it was a lot of wasn't a lot of space to get lost in in the in the foyer. You know? Oh, sure. Not a lot of crowd to get Everyone lost in. Everyone knew who was there. Is that what you're saying? You made I, eye contact with every audience member before you, the show you began? You did, yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, I, I find that's always a who were you scary avoiding? experience. Okay. I wasn't avoiding anyone. There were some people that I, I knew there that I was quite friendly with, but it's just I find when the foyer's empty and it's quiet, mm. it, it does immediately set up this feeling of, oh, <laughs> I've got to be on my best behavior now. Right. I feel, personally. <laughs> yeah, because you can't inconspicuously do heroin in the corner. People are going to see what you're up to. No, you've got to do it in the bathroom. Of course. Um, um, so... Co- well, just to compare our experiences, yeah, exactly. my I went opening night, yeah. you know, as the stars do. <laughs> and my, So why were you there? Ha, 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 ha. My, uh, yeah, my four-year experience was overwhelming Ugh. and so fun, though. Yeah? It was just like... Oh my god! Just like people from my heart that were just around, and I was like, "What oh, the fuck?" That's so nice. <laughs> so nice. I went with Connor Dariol, mm-hmm. man from heaven, and then who else was there? Then Harry Hogan, my beloved. She was because she did the lighting for the show. Yes. Sam Porter was there. Sweet Prince that he is. Yes. Did the sound, and then Sebastiano was there, my husband. Yes. And then Toby was there, and it was just like, yeah, no, it was oh like my a, god, just it was a who's who people that you it love. Was, a really great time. Oh. Yeah. That's so like very different experiences. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was nice though. I definitely, like I ran into some Mariner people that I quite liked. So mm. we sort of like chatted to them for a bit. Yeah. Um, wandered on in. Oh, and also full disclosure, oh. uh, Alonso Pineda, yes. of course, directed the, sh- the show. Yes, which yes. is worth mentioning. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah. we know Alonso and love Alonso. He's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Um, so we wandered on in. Yeah. Sat on down. <laughs> Someone tripped over one of the lights. Yes. yes. <laughs> How terribly. Enough that it had the, the lighting, uh, Harry, I assume, had to come down and fix it up. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> Soldier. Did the show still on. go ahead? The show still the show I think that actually, I think that happened in the interval. When we came back in for the interval, someone tripped over the lights. Correct. So the show had already been underway by that point. Yeah. That makes a difference. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sat in like the like fourth row. We were sitting next to 
opposite from one of Flynn's friends. Okay. And we were chatting and chatting and chatting. And between us, there was this other lady who I assumed was there. It was like you, Flynn, stranger, friend of Flynn. Well, I, 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 it, it seemed like it was a friend of Flynn's friend. So okay. it seemed like they were sitting together. And halfway through this very chatty, loud conversation, she sort of pipes up and she just goes, do you, do you want me to move? Like, do you want to... Oh. And we all went... Oh, I thought you were with... I thought you were... I'm so sorry. And sort of it turned into this funny conversation of like, just... We just completely assumed this woman was the other person's friend. And she assumed that she was our friend. So we just all had just sort of been talking around her as if she was involved. Sure. Um, But then we ended up chatting with her. She had just come along to see the show because she wanted to see theatre. Didn't know anyone in it. Loves guns. Loves loves guns and dogs. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) At last. A show for me. Um, I liked your Instagram post about it being a um, cat dog. Uh, revamp. Oh, great. That was really good. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. How did you envision the creature? I envisioned it as like a regular dog. Yeah. But it opens its mouth and the barrel of a shotgun comes out. Oh my God. Just yeah, whenever, yeah. whenever it wants. Whenever to. it wants. Gun dog. Like almost like a vampire with its teeth. Exactly. Yes. That exact vibe. What about oh. you? Because we all have had to imagine the gun dog. Did you also imagine like the, so those of you who aren't aware, cat dog, was it Nickelodeon? Cartoon it was Network. definitely like Looney No, it wasn't Looney Tunes. Nickelodeon, it was. And it was like yes. a, a creature that was like a cat and a dog that were joined by the, like the waist. It was a hellish <laughs> nightmare serpent that was made up of a dog and a cat. Yeah, yes. like instead of the back of a cat, it's the front of a dog. <laughs> yeah, and you never know which one was the front. And, and where the feces the would go. Oh. Oh. No. Yeah, it's like a reverse human centipede I was just, issue. Yeah, no, I don't like that. I guess, unless they share a digestive tract and or it comes out the middle. Or they vomit all their stuff. Maybe. Or they just have some really great digestive system that turns everything into energy. That's why they were so unstoppable. That's true. <laughs> um, what did you imagine the gun Nothing dog comes as? Nothing comes out. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. What did you imagine the gun dog as? Um, well, first off, did you imagine... What sort of animation style did you imagine your gun mouth oh, dog? no. My gun dog was like a live-action horror movie creature. Oh, my God. Like, it was like... It was, it was like a mangy... It was just a regular Doberman or something. Okay. Regular dog... And then it like, so it's slowly, like a family it dog? slowly opens its jaw and oh. a gun slides out. That's what yes. I was imagining. And it's like yeah. slick and moist from the Yes, from the saliva and all the stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my gun dog. And okay, and it, like, do, is it owned by anybody? The gun dog? I never imagined it that far, but I guess I, I, I guess maybe it was. But now it just lives in the house because the owners are dead and no one comes by to check. Jesus. Yeah. That's fantastic. Do you like that? God, that's so ominous. I'm so glad that that's exactly the show we saw. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, just a gun slowly slipping out of a dog's mouth. Yeah, that's, for some reason, that's the image that was stuck in my head when I imagined gun dog. Sure. What was yours? Because I think we have different frames of reference. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I don't even, I think I just imagined in the, like, initial start, but instead of the cat half, it was just a gun. Yeah. (laughs) And then I guess it sort of functioned like Rose McGowan did in Planet Terror. Like, you know how she had a gun for a leg? Which I never... Oh, yes, yes, I was yes. never clear on how she I used really it. Want, I really want... I want that. Because all she had to do was, like, like point it at people, and it would just be like, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, because she would, like, karate, like, flip onto something, and then bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Um, I like that, in my head, cat, cat dog, gun dog version, Yes. they turn to talk to each other, and the dog says something snarky, and Winnie goes, what do you think of this situation, gun? And the gun just shoots him in the head. <laughs> One episode. I like and how then... the gun has its own mind. <laughs> cat did so I assume the same logic follows whenever the gun tries to talk it shoots <laughs> god um, wish that the surgery was a success <laughs> so we went along yes um, where, where, where else were you sitting in the audience um, we were, so it was at Chapel Off Chapel yes in the one I don't know what the spaces are called it's the one on the you right you go in through the main foyer through the right and you cross through that weird little atrium oh, yeah. area that's sort of like 
It's like where you're building two buildings they've attached with like the the bit in the middle. Yes, mm. it, which feels like almost like if the theater instead were a roller coaster, that's where you'd line up to it get does, on the roller yes, coaster. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got like the yeah, it's got that weird bollard for the uh, wheelchair access that does feel a bit like a like a roller coaster line. Yes, yeah. as if we could all be standing there like banging on the wall, being like, "Let us into Gun Dog," <laughs> <laughs> chanting. Yes, uh, yeah, we were like, oh, probably like three quarters of the way back. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we're good spot. We were like maybe three or four rows back on the right. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Oh, cool. So I was a bit further away. You're a bit closer. Hey, good views. Yeah, good views. Good views. Yeah, good job. The show opens. Yeah. Two women pointing a gun at a man on the floor. Strong opening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I immediately love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and these, of course, two people played by Talia Dudek. And Laura McClus- McCluskey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. Laura McCluskey. Great. Um, as Becky and Anna, respectively. Uh-huh. Um, both pointing a gun at Alexander Pettis as Guy. Good. He deserves it. He deserves <laughs> it. Um, which, what did you, how did you feel when that initially opened? I was like, don't shoot him. <laughs> Part of me wanted them to shoot him. Well, part of me too is like, whenever someone gets shot on stage, all it means is you're either going to see some very likely underwhelming, like, blood. Yes. <laughs> Or you're just going to be really scared by how loud the gun sound effect is. That's the thing. Gun sound effects. It's either the loudest thing you've ever heard. Yes. Or it's sometimes just an underwhelmingly played gunshot. That feels like it's from the distance. In the <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. There's only so much we can do. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm never dreading someone getting shot <laughs> in the way of like, it, it, anytime a gun comes out, I'm immediately thrown out of the story and I'm like, okay, how are they going to handle this? Yeah, well, that's this the, the real, thing, real, isn't well, it? They've for Mind themselves. you, the gun they had was a big, beautiful rifle. Like, scary it was, gun. It was a scary looking gun. Oh yeah. No, and to be fair, honestly, now looking forward in the show, when, the, when there was a gun placed against someone's head, I was like, oh, I was really yeah. frightened. That was a very good scene. Yeah. I liked that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, opens with them. And then it turns out to, is it, it's, it's sort of the story where it jumps around a little bit timeline wise. It jumps twice. And like in terms of not being chronological. And then yeah, the rest then is chronological. Jump, but it also jumps in intervals of time. Like I have yes. a lot of like, this is a few months later. One year later. It is now two years later. We need to talk about the accents, don't we? Yeah. If you want. I love a black country accent. What's a black, black country? Black country. It's like northern, northern, northern UK, isn't it? Like what's the black country? From the black country, they talk like this. Somehow that accent didn't clarify anything. Black why countries it... like Liverpool and things like that. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, and is that I'm sure they, they eat will. Black pudding. I don't know why it's called a black country, but it's just called a black country. It's like okay. what it's called. Sure. Um, Forever. Okay, great. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's always tricky to navigate when when the two of us have seen the show and how to talk about it. So let's just see how this conversation naturally goes. I want to bring up the fact of like so the opening scene. Yeah. Um, is like, oh yeah, the, the pointing at the gun at the guy who seems like, did you catch where he was from, the character? Eastern European, I think. Eastern European, you think? Yes. Because I thought it was the Middle East or something. So I... No, <laughs> oh, maybe, well, I assume Middle East, uh, I assumed European, just because of the, there's a lot of Eastern European immigrants coming into the UK. Like, sure, that, that makes is, sense. That is the one that I just picked it as. Sure, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, so a thing about, which I thought was an interesting component of the way this script worked, was so they do that opening scene, mm-hmm. which is then revealed to be kind of like the point at which interval occurs. Yes, we like the actual time. Because they're not, is it? 
Well, because I thought Interpol goes after the brother comes back. Well, let's back. see how we both try to summarize yep. this. Okay, so it's the two sisters pointing a gun at this guy that they're meeting during the scene, who is from potentially from, Eastern uh, Europe. Let's say Ukraine. Let's, let's just say Ukraine. Let's lock in Ukraine. Lock so in pointing the gun at this Ukrainian, and it looks like they might kill him, but then they don't. And then it's also established then that the, they have a brother, the brother has run away, and then comes back at the end of this scene. And he's all like dirty and disheveled and suspicious. No. No. He doesn't come back at the end of that scene. He comes back... Like a year, year or two later, because the time jumps. Okay, they they get a lot more chummy. He the, the oh guy, yeah, because they're around guy, the table drinking beers. Yeah, exactly. He's like yep. he's been there for like I think a, a year or two by that point. They've been friendly, and then the brother comes along, and it's like, who's this guy? Yes, and they're like, he's our friend. Yes, and then throughout, and also in that scene, we establish that the mother's gone, the dad's dead, and the grandfather's dead. Very quickly, they oh. No, the grandfather's not dead, is he? Yeah, because that's... Yeah, by then, the gra- everyone's dead. Oh, by the point where the brother comes back. Yeah, yes. they're all dead. Yes. Which is interesting, because then we flash back like, a couple of years, mm. and then we're back beforehand, before Ukrainian guy has even turned up, and the granddad's back alive, the dad has just gone missing. If there were some bold time jumps, but I think they all worked for me. Oh, sure. Well, yeah. let's say, what was interesting to me about that time jump is the way that, as I assume deliberately by the playwright, um, had, like reads the story of a lot of what would make it more interesting in terms of the way a drama unfolds. Mm. Because to already tell us within the first 10 minutes of your play that the granddad and the dad die mm. um, and this guy turns up on the farm where they live, yeah. it's interesting because if that were to play out chronologically, at least there'd be some surprises. Yeah. But to know already that once you then meet the, the grandfather who is portrayed by an actor, mm. that you get this sort of like non-existent tension of where the dad's gone, knowing that he'll die at some point. Yes. It's interesting because a, a theme of the show is boredom and a theme of the show is hopelessness, being, hopelessness and yeah. like the, the alleged peace of quiet. Yeah. Um, to also read the drama that is exploring that of all of those potential elements of surprise and tension mm. was interesting thematically, I thought. And I, th- I think it worked because you knew where it was going. You was like, because the whole, I think the whole sort of message of the show is it's all about people growing up on this land and not being able to leave and being trapped in situations that are completely out of their control. So to have that sort of, yeah, that choice of who knows what the story's going to go, take it away from us. We just know this is not going to end well and it's not going in a good direction for these people. Sure. But also in like a, in a lot of senses, it's not going anywhere surprising. Well, no. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, and their lives wouldn't go anywhere exciting either. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to move my butt sweat around. No, that's fine. But yeah, no, that's just an interesting way for a script to... Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Time yeah, because it works. I think it, that works really well. Well, it works well in doing that, but in a traditional sense, it makes a show more boring, which I think is a, mm. like a bold thing to do. Yeah, it definitely allowed for a lot more moments of just, like, actual character moments, I think. Sure. Um, the, the grandpa that you mentioned, Dion Mills, yes. I believe. Dion Mills, as, as Mick was the grandpa's name, hmm. um, was also in a show that I saw at Red Stitch called The Amateurs. Oh, you loved that? I loved that show. Like I loved Dion Mills. The Plague and whatnot, right? It was about the plague. Uh, it was about AIDS. Mm-hmm. It was about gayness and performing. Um, Hainas gayness in the anus. We'll, get, we'll put that on a t-shirt. We'll see how it goes. Um, and then, So I, I loved him in that and I loved him in this. And he played two different characters, which, of which I always like seeing. In the amateurs. No, no, no. I mean, like, obviously, I mean, I, I mean, in the amateurs versus this show. Oh, this this wasn't a sequel Shut up, of I, the amateurs. I heard it as I said it. Yeah. Um, I really <laughs> like him as an actor. I think he's really wonderful. Great. Um, and especially with this character, because the grandpa was this, this dementia-ridden... That story was so sad, just watching him crumble... Um, dementia-ridden man who just doesn't know what's going on and, and still sort of wants the farm to succeed and wants his children, his, his grandchildren to have 
a good life the only way he knows how, but he doesn't know how to connect with them. I thought that was very sad. Okay. And it made me feel a lot of things. Okay. And I also like, not to spoil the show, because as you said, we all know it. It kind of spoils it. It's already spoiled. Yeah. Um, his death isn't like this big dramatic moment on stage either. Mm. It's like he has this beautiful speech where he talks about being, the stars being like, what does he say? The stars. Oh, like he wants to stand on a cliff and then plant stick himself his fingers, like a tree, and then he wants to stick his fingers mm-hmm. like into a bowling ball into the stars and, and stop, stop time from spinning. Passing. I thought that was beautiful. Sure. I liked that a lot. Okay. And then the next scene, he's gone. Like he's just not yeah. in it. Ah, uh, which truly is one of my favorite like styles of death. One of my favorite things about one of my favorite books, which is *To the Lighthouse* by Virginia Woolf. Uh-huh. One of my favorite things about that book is the way that there are time jumps in it and. Characters that you spent a lot of time with are just suddenly dead and it's only established in like a reference to things that are going on. Like real life. In a way. In a way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's Um, great. Sure. Yeah, that was something. I think um, Alexander's character, the Ukrainian, had some really cool things to say about the way that people, which I think is very true of today, of people. Well, the thing he says is about to do with how people think that what they want is quiet and peace, but then there's something... Um, there's something in that too that can disrupt a person's sense of peace as well and that tranquility can kind of be deceptive in the way that you think it will provide a level of um, mental stability and calm but really mm. sometimes it can just kind of amplify the negative things that are happening to totally. you too yeah. um, and I think it was even interesting of like um, even watching this show while I was doing it I think we, we've or at least I've spent a lot of time <laughs> um, like uh, talking about the appeal of living in a field Yes, and it's like you, oh want, God. you want to live in your little com- commune. Yeah, and even like watching this was like, oh, this was almost an experiment in what it's like to live in a field with a and bunch of people. And it looks like a bad time. Well, I just think maybe you shouldn't do it with like a like a handful of your family members who don't necessarily have a super vibrant. You're only there because your parents are dead. Yes. Yeah, you know, like maybe that's not the ideal way to do it. I stand I by so. my commune dream being a valid one, but it was interesting to see that experiment undertaken. More and more, you stray into the direction of becoming a cult leader. I don't know if I want to lead a member. I could be on on the cult council. I'll be the cult leader. You mm, no, I think you've you've explained how that would go. Which yeah, witch fantasy? That's a cult. That's like a cult, but not when I join. There's no level of coercion that you could talk me into. You being the witchy lead of a little harem. We'll Met- talk about this behind the scenes and get back to it. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> um, I appreciated. Um, was it Andy Johnson? Andy Johnson's performance as the brother. Sure. As Ben, um, I thought when he came out, I just sort of felt like. I just, you know, when an actor walks out and you just immediately go, "Oh, okay, I get who you are." Okay. And I thought Andy really did that. He just came out. I was like, "Oh, you're a fucked up man. <laughs> there is, there are things going on with you that are not resolved." Uh-huh. And I really liked his physicality. I think the thing about the time jumps and the time skips for me, that I thought were, some of the only ways they were able to actually tell them was just literally by the way they performed. Having saying this out loud now sounds really dumb, but literally the way they acted, you could just tell where we were in the story immediately. Like and like Andy Johnson, when he comes out and he's this drug-addled mess of a person, you know where we are in the story. We're at the point after he's returned, and then in the moments in the scenes where he's sort of like a more of a attempting to actually live the life on the farm with his sisters, you know that it's set before the big drama happens. And the same with the sisters, I think. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I appreciate a show that doesn't need to be like, the dime is every time we do a time jump, you know, like, even though there was a lot of one year latering, 
Was there one year? I didn't see one year later. There was a, oh, well, no, there was a lot of like, um, oh, we'll do it in a year. And then there'd be a, like a blackout. And then it'd be like, so it's been a year. <laughs> Which was fine. I appreciate yeah, it. True, there was I, that. I'm definitely the sort of person that when I'm watching a movie, I would much rather see two years later than like 1914. Yes. Because you know I've forgotten what year it was last time. Oh my God, <laughs> watching um, Reading. What am I? I was, sorry, it's a police car. They found us. I was reading V for Vendetta, the graphic novel. Of course. <laughs> and every time he starts a new scene, Alan Moore puts in this little bit. It's like, February the 14th, 1980. Like, I don't know what month it was just then. Of course not. <laughs> no, you're right. I do, do much more appreciate the, the fluid, like, a year later, we'll do it in a year. Yeah, I liked that. But I think I'm talking more about, like, when they jumped back in time. Sure. There was less, like... It is now three years before. It was just, I, you were just um, able to tell straight away. If you're going to be jumping around time, you, with me at least, be as condescending as you want. Tell me the facts. I'll take it. I'll be grateful. Give me as many signposts as you can. Oh, you're a moron. I'm a moron. I'm mm, stupid. Also, while that. talking about the conveyance of time passage, um, I thought Harry did really well with the lights in terms of the way that she conveyed through the lights the passage of time. And oh, that beautiful light ring? The, the way that, mm. yeah, that the light would like pass around them. Yeah, that was somehow. Like it was almost like a whirlpool of time passing, yeah. which with the set design as well really enhanced. Like one of the things that Sebastiano said at Interval was like he liked the way that the way the set design itself kind of lent itself to looking like as like a like spinning like water or something. Like it looked like a tornado or a cyclone or a just some sort of like whirling. It was all on a big thatched carpet, wasn't it? It a was like circular, a circular yeah, it was like a spiral. Yeah, like a like a it almost like it had been woven out of hay into like mm. a big circle. Yeah, yeah, like a windy snail shell of, of yeah, hay. Yeah, Flynn Flynn pointed that out as well. He, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he pointed out the the carpet in particular and the circular nation of it and how the idea of spinning around and just not being able to slow down and stop time keeps coming up. Which was hand woven. Was it that goddamn rug for this show? Yep, she wow. had to make it into a circle herself. That's amazing. Yeah, kudos, <laughs> kudos. Was the alien in The Simpsons? Oh, Kodos and, um... Kang? Kang, it was Kang, yes. Yes. This was a good show! <laughs> That's me being those two. Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, on that, is there anything else you want to say about <laughs> Bang Bang Wolf? Yeah, I do find it... I, I, I find it interesting that we do tend to keep telling the British... Because this was all set in the black country, as I said. Which is apparently a real place. It's a real place. People refer to it as that. They do. I Look believe you. Up. Uh, what? I don't, I don't, I'm not big it's into... just the fact that your voice sounds sarcastic at all times. Yes. Uh... yes uh... <laughs> um, so I find it interesting we do tend to keep telling stories about growing up in England. In we? I don't know. I feel like I've seen a lot of shows... Okay, let, let me rephrase. Maybe I... <laughs> we don't keep telling stories about England. But what I realised watching the show and on a bit more reflection is the elements and the themes of the show about sort of um, growing up and being so connected to the land and how important that is for you... And how useless that is in the mainstream society in the big city of London. Mm. Those elements and also wanting to stop time from moving and all these things and intergenerational trauma felt like it should have been an indigenous story. Like to me, those those themes and messages translate so well into growing up as an indigenous person in the Australian country, I imagine. Sure. I, I, and I'm not saying that's what this company should have done. I like this show for what it was. But that's, I, that's just sparked something in my brain. If if that show exists out there, I want to see it. Sure, and yeah. and and done with the same level of care and detail and love that this show was done. I think that mm. sounds like such a really beautiful idea. So that's just me putting that out into the world. No, that's cool. No, I'd love to hear what like an indigenous person thought of the way that those themes align with their experience of those types of things that you were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they would see those similar parallels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but yeah, we do certainly have a tendency to to yeah. 
get all British without we theatrical. Do. Under- yeah, because you yeah, know, certainly our three fates have done that a few times. Which is- punk rock was also very British. Was punk rock three fates? I can't remember. I don't know what punk rock was. Mm. Um, but yeah, but there was like Stopover, which I keep bringing up for some reason. You do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. But it's super valid. Like, a lot of, yeah. like, Gavin Roach's recent work, especially, he produces oh, a lot yeah. of... I'm not saying don't do it. I'm no, like, sure. No, because good. they have a, like, British... They've got a lot of, like, a wealth of theatrical history behind them, and they are really Famously. good at making yes. great work, because they care about theatre over there to a degree that we can only ever aspire to. You know what? That's a really, really good point. Yeah, ma- ma- that's, that, uh, that's, that's just highlighted to me why we do so much British work, because there is just more Because they're, they're making British good work, work and there. they're like, oh yeah, my god, listen to anything point. that anyone involved with the National Theatre even talks about. It's like, it's so exciting the way that people are just so unabashedly, confidently talking about the significance of theatre to their culture. Yeah. God, I'm so jealous. Maybe I wish, maybe, what, maybe I wish we had that culture here. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we should all, all should hope that. Yeah. yeah. Well, fabulous show. Great. <laughs> uh, woof woof, bang bang. Hey, Dingus. Oh, you're talking to me. Directly, I yes. <laughs> I'm not a dingus, so oh. I didn't, didn't understand. Interesting, interesting. Uh, how you doing? Great. Great. I'm, I'm exactly the same since the last five minutes. Uh, how are you? So good. I went to a play with Sebastiano Petruzzello. Oh, did you? I did. Uh, yeah, we went to the MC showroom. Ah, yes. I yes. know it well. The one with the hole in the roof. The one that you keep claiming there's a hole in the roof. You said last time you You're saw right. the hole. I have Thank seen you. the hole. <laughs> You've seen the hole, everyone. <laughs> Hydra Envy, I've seen the whole good. <laughs> the roof will see. The, the, the roof will see. The roof will see, if you will. God, language is dying. It is. Or it's evolving it. into a creature I want nothing to do with. Hello? Sorry, this just sounded like something someone would say on the crown. Oh. Yeah. The, the language is growing into a monster I want nothing to do with. Yeah, Prince Charles almost says that exact thing. So, well um, done. You're <laughs> someone that talks about tampons as well. Me, everyone who's seen The Crown and also knows history, I suppose. Oh, because that. Prince Charles said he wanted to be Camilla Parker Bowles' tampon. Famously, yeah, yeah. Yes. They play out the whole scene in The Crown. It's disgusting. God, Dominic so- Cooper is too hot to be playing the prince. <laughs> Wait, so what made it disgusting? Just the nature of a rich old man talking about wanting to be a tampon. I can't tell if that's ageist or anti-woman. It's mostly <laughs> anti-rich. I just think they shouldn't be having sex. Rich people. Mm-hmm. We'll we just make more of them. We have enough of them. It's a scourge. One of these days, we're going to storm that best. You went to see a show. I went to see a show. Yeah. Uh, MC Showroom. And yeah, so uh, full disclosure, Reese Wilson is in it. Oh, yeah. Sweet, sweet Reese. Love Reese. What a king. Yes. Uh, So, uh, yeah, the consequence of kindness. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, there's concept to it. Okay. So you're ready to deal with some concept. I'm closing my eyes. I know that ideas are complicated for you. My brain is switched on. Yes. I've done my affirmations. Let's go. Good. Turn off the Ariana Grande music and we're getting Ah. ready to take this in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's like pretty much right now, time period wise. Okay. <laughs> Immediately confusing way to say that. Is that a show? Is that a movie? So yes, I don't know why I chose to use a sentence that's never it been said. It is like the now times. <laughs> what? I'm from the future. No, you're not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. interesting response. Carry on. So it's, <laughs> so it's now. So it's... So it's <laughs> Jesus. Can you handle that high concept? <laughs> so far it's now. So far <laughs> keeping up. <laughs> in terms of time period, do no work. <laughs> so put yourself in my shoes right here, right now, today. That's <laughs> where we are. Okay, that leap of imagination. You're done? Yeah, I'm done. Yes. I'm with you. Continue. <laughs> okay. 
So what's happened is everyone legally has to have five contacts that are like in charge of their welfare in the sense that if you kill yourself, the five people that you've appointed to be your people that care about you oh. all have broken the law. Oh, interesting. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Um, so that's the world that we're in. That's a, okay, that's an interesting... I like that premise. You like that premise? That's an interesting concept, yeah. Okay, what do you like about the concept? I think it's... Well, I think it's just immediately very good for dramatic fun because it's like, here's a group of five people pulled together for some horrible reason. Uh-huh. I think that's a great plug for a show. Oh, any know? sort of like re- yeah, reunion or whatever where it's like, it's August Osage County. The, the granddad's sure. gone missing. Sure. And yes, anything like that to... horrible event that pulls people together I think is always fun. I think it's also interesting when it's like the reason for it is like government mandate that not necessarily everyone agrees with. I think it just gives a lot of breeding ground for ideas to take place. Like the Purge. Like the Purge! Uh, the Purge too. The Superior Purge. The best the, Purge. What try I tried to say Superior Purge but it was hard. The it's Superior hard. Purge. The Spurge the if Spurge. you <laughs> Spurge too. Spurge to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're watching the Spurge. <laughs> so the consequence of kindness. Yeah. So what's happened is uh, a guy has killed himself. <laughs> Trey faux pas. Why are you laughing? Why are you delivered that was so blunt? <laughs> so man's killed himself. Let's move on. Heath's dead. Heath's dead. Handle it, stupid. <laughs> Heath's Jesus. dead. He's got a twin brother named Arthur, played by Anthony Pontonia. You wouldn't name the twin Keith? You reckon Heath and Keith? Heath and Keith. They would have both killed themselves. Okay, so Arthur. So Arthur. <laughs> Arthur it is. Yeah, so he's coping. So at the start, it's like they're getting together for a party. So that's like the non-governmental, non-crime-related, non-Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts-style reason that they're all like clumping together in this house. Oh, great. So, okay, so they're already, already just getting they're together. They're all together. And then, there's, you know, there's the, that, that blood-curdling moment where you peel back a bedroom door and there's a corpse inside. So you all know? five of them. So, all, okay. okay. The five, it, it, that's the thing. Like, part of it is like... Part of the process of appointing these five people is like via like paperwork and uh, you have to let the government know who everyone is. Yep. And so for that reason, it's not necessarily everyone's public knowledge who the five are. Like you have to approve oh! it. Like you as one of the five people have to approve it. So you know that you're one of them, but you don't know who the other ones are. Yeah, like not necessarily. Yep. You yep. know, like you don't have to tell people what your will yep. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's an element of like, who do you think he appointed his five people? Ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and Heath has a twin brother and a sister and they are all, they, they're in the play as characters and it's like peripheral, like friends and the friend group and people that are kind of like ex-lovers and whatnot. Yep. Um, so that's all happening. So in the first sort of five minutes, we work out that Heath is dead. He had a blog, which is part of how they're like, oh, he was so sad on this blog. Why didn't anyone notice how sad he was? Yep. And now he's dead. And... Yeah, so then we sort of like watch everyone kind of deal with. So then it becomes, which was something I found interesting in the way of like, because as you've pointed out, the concept itself is really interesting and feels quite fresh and new. Mm. And then what I thought was interesting about the way the plot goes, it almost turns into not Weekend at Bernie's, but it turns a bit into, it sort of turns a bit into like almost jawbreaker in the way that it's like, okay, this person's dead. If anyone finds out this person's dead, a lot of us are going to get into trouble. Was it a comedy? It, well, sort of. Sort of. Like, okay. parts of it were funny. Because like, it sounds it was, a bit like Whoopsie Daisy. <laughs> it's absolutely a bit like, yes, Whoopsie Daisy. <laughs> oh my God, the Venga bus is coming. Yes. <laughs> and it was in the exact same theatre. Oh my God. Oh, I'm there so glad go. we're talking about Oopsie Daisy Oopsie again. Oopsie Daisy, great show. Oh my God. I love that premise. <laughs> Um, like it was so the, they're puppeteering this corpse around. They're puppet- well, no, they're not puppeteering okay, anything. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, because Anthony Pontonio, who plays Arthur, the twin, mm. and they're seemingly, they're identical twins, 
and the dead twin is never on stage. I was going to say. Anthony never plays Heath, the dead one. Uh, (laughs) Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. But yeah, no, so there's a a little mustache or something. Yes, (laughs) a little beret. Yeah, (laughs) hats make all the difference. (laughs) Um, And then, oh my God, Antoinette Antoinette Davis was in this as well. Oh, yeah. Who every time she comes up in a show, it's just like, fuck yes, fuck fuck yes. yes. She's the fucking best. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because she was most recently in Runt. But yeah, everything she's in, she's just astounding. What did you call me? You are a dirty little bitch. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but I did okay. not say that. Carry on. <laughs> so Antoinette Davis, who's like an ex-lover of Heath, mm. um, is kind of like tasked with, similar to in Oopsie Daisy, how there was like the nurse that was constantly just like, hide the corpse in a boot. Yes. <laughs> good, good. good. Um, Antoinette's job in this was kind of to be like, guys, obviously we have to go bury him in a field. There's always got to be one. Always got to be one. And it was yep. great because like her wardrobe was fantastic. And also her delivery of these like these assertions that she had was just like, it was the sort of like that necessary fuel pushing this story along. Yes, great. Um, okay. So for that reason, a lot of what this show was, which I thought, just knowing the premise going in, was going to be a bit more like dystopic and a bit more, I don't know. Wide worlder? Kind of like almost the difference between Purge 1 and Purge 2 in the way like the first mm-hmm. Purge was like Lena Headey in that house. It was all kind of in the house while the Purge was going on outside the yes. house. Whereas Purge 2 was them like Zachary Guilford having to be out in the world of the Purge. Yes. And you see how this this regulation affects the wider community. So you were expecting a Spurge 2 but I, you got a Spurge 1. I was expecting Purge 2. I got Purge 1. Both solid movies. Both great movies. Both great movies. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. So if we're using that paradigm this was a Purge one in the way that it was like it was more localized to this one issue didn't really delve into any of the ripple effects I think that's always a great way to start telling those sort of stories as the purge did you start with like the immediate effect it has on a group or a family and Mm. then you spread out to be like oh and the world sure sure yeah Yeah, I think that's always good it's a way to do it for sure yeah. Um, yeah so for that reason kind of like the middle section of what the play was was them hiding this death yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Okay, not what I expected it would no, be. No, me neither. No, yeah, but yeah, that's what the play then, yeah, sort of like ended up being about. But of course, even though the concept itself leaves you so much as The Purge did, before yeah. the second one came out, it gave you a real chance to sort of project yourself into this universe. And yeah. Be like, how would this function for me? How would this affect the people around me? Which was interesting. If, if you had to pick five people to be responsible for your mental health... If I had to pick my MySpace top five friends... If you had to pick your whatever they call them in this show... Yes. Who would you pick? Um, <laughs> Tell us now, live on air. No, well, that's well. He, how would you even pick those people? Uh, so, well, they're responsible for what? Your your mental health. They're, they're responsible not responsible for, what? for it. They're just the ones that get officially legally blamed if you kill yourself. Okay, this world feels immediately full of chances to really fuck people over. Well, that's the thing. But then also part of what because that's where my brain. Every time there was like this one person that would come in, like there was like a representative from the government. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Who was sort of like in charge of so it was played by Perry Espinosa mm. um, and so she sort of come in and she'd swing around and um, be the one to deliver like she'd be trying to like check up on Heath and see that he was like still well and stuff and they, she was the one they'd lie to the whole time but like oh no he's right here Does and that I guess mean... that's the times where Anthony would play his brother yes. he'd pretend to be playing him but would never actually be playing the corpse with a moustache. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So that's yeah. why having a twin helps. It helps in the story. If yeah. you're going to try to trick a government official, you want to have an identical well, twin. Well, I don't have a twin, Jake. Well, then you can't parent trap anybody, can ah. you? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you haven't answered. How would you pick? Uh, oh, that's what you want to know about? I guess now I've moved on to um, how would you pick? Uh, how would I pick? Oh, no. Well, that's the part of... No, that's why I started talking about the world, because the, the, you have to agree to it. 
Like, if I want oh, you to be one of my close contacts, oh, okay. you have to sign, like, a document or something. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't just spring it on you. I can't pick my five enemies and then kill myself. Okay, that, that changes things. I thought it was a situation of you just pick them. Yeah, no. Right, that makes a lot more sense mm. in, in legal terms. Mm. Okay, interesting. Okay. And you'll go to jail if they kill themselves. What are you squinting about? I'm just trying to imagine living in that world. It mm. just puts a lot of onus on people to sort of always be on the lookout for each other, doesn't it? Sure. Yeah, in a legal sense. Yes. It's almost like, are you okay day, but with a police hat It on. is. It <laughs> is. That's exactly what it's like. It's like, I'm not doing this because I care about you. Mm. I'm doing this because if I don't, everyone will say I'm weird. <laughs> are you okay? It's something, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. But I think even like, even concept, even outside of yeah, a self-implanting situation as concept, the way that, which I guess I was also ready for the play to kind of grapple with too, the thing of like the way that people blame themselves when someone commits suicide and also the way of like almost, uh, maybe just in, maybe just in synopsis form, Hmm. the way of this thought experiment almost validating that belief. Which, I, in the sense that it's like... Well, it makes it le- literally legally a binding contract of you are responsible. Well, yeah, and I think part of what's exciting to me, even as a, as a piece of theatre, it's interesting to me in the way that this playwright is kind of like fearlessly exploring that idea. Yeah, sure. Um, um, in a way that would, like, kind of like on paper, attracts a level of outrage from people that are like, no, we can't blame ourselves. It's the, it's the person who made their decision. Mm. It's no one else's fault but the person who did it kind mm. of thing. Yeah. It's interesting to come at it from the opposite direction and kind of, yeah, put into... Interrogate it from that point yeah. of view. I think that is... They, they, you're right. I think it's, it's always welcoming when whenever that sort of work is made. Yeah, when you take the like, scary That voice version. does need to come out. Yeah. yeah. It's just more interesting when you go in the direction that less people will be comfortable with. Like a dog with a gun in its mouth. Like, exactly. It's about yeah. time we told those stories. Oh, I want to see that show. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Um, mm. is, can you tell us about the conclusion of the show? Or the is conclusion? Oh, uh, is that too much spice? Oh, it's a lot of spice. Lot of spice. Handle. There was... <laughs> there was... Um, there was a level of, like, the resolution was surprisingly clean. Oh. In a way that Sebastiano and I unpacked a lot on our walk away from the theatre. Okay. In the way of like, there was a sweetness to the ending. Um, And I think part of what we dug into is I think maybe, I think the two of us were ready for it to get a little bit more like dark and complicated. Because the the premise of it is quack quack. It sounds immediately like it is going to be real fucked up and dark. and And I think... Maybe it's just so, it says something about me and Sebastiano's appetites. But, but, but it, yeah. also it seems... I'm not knocking the writer, but it seems, no, no. it seems interesting to sort of set up this really interesting, intricate world of of such potential and then have the story sort of turn out to be a Weekend at Bernie situation and not like... <laughs> well, the ending wasn't Weekend at Bernie's. I've never sure. seen Weekend at Bernie's. I just know what it happens. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I won't say anything more then because sure. if, 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 if the ending... Yeah. Okay. No, but like something that was strong about the ending was the way that it advocated for kindness. And it advocated for compassion. Oh, that's nice. Um, you know, which is always nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it was one of those instances where it's like, I think some of these people do need to be a bit punished. <laughs> um, yeah. By the law. By the law. By someone. Long arm the law. But also, I'm never going to be... And this is the thing that for some... I don't even know why I've been fixated on this in the last week or so. And I, I truly cannot recall what spurned this on, but it's a thing that makes me mad when I think about it, and it tends to be one of these long-standing rages that can be ignited by nothing <laughs> mm, yep. and will stick with me for a while. Terrific. I get really, really angry 
when people, when talking about art, talking about theatre, talking about just storytelling generally, when they insist that if someone does something morally objectionable, that they must be punished by the narrative. I just think it's such a childish, idiotic way to perceive art, and for that to be an objection you have, I think makes you seem really you stupid. You mean like when, when people see like, like Joffrey and say, oh, I want Joffrey to be stabbed in the face well, or no, something. I think it's fine for you to want Joffrey to be stabbed in the face, okay. but I think if someone made a play, like if someone puts a play on in Melbourne and one of the characters like, I don't know, drowns a baby. Yep. I think Trigger warning, you, baby death. Trigger warning, baby death. <laughs> But if you, as an audience member, and if, if, and if that baby murderer isn't like shot in the head by a gun dog by the end of the play, <laughs> okay. if you come out of that play and you're like, mm, I was pretty annoyed that that baby murderer wasn't oh, shot in the okay. face. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like, you dumb fuck. You take that to think it's a bad the story. Well, to, to, even consider, if, to even think that that is a valid critique of a story, yeah. I think yeah, it's such yeah. a boring, simplistic, childish oh, totally. outlook on yeah. things. And I hear that objection so often from people. And it's like, th- this is not a morality play. And that's also not how the world works. It's not how the world works. Mm. It's also not like the writer's job to serve your moral justice. Yeah. And it's like, also like, how about you do some fucking work? Like, how about you reflect on like, okay, you wanted that baby murderer to get shot in the face. Go away and think about that, you dipshit. Maybe it's Go not. Go get a gun. Yeah, it's it's not our job to bring to life your like justice like justice fantasies. Okay, that's in, yeah, that's right, and that's not necessarily connected to this play, but it, like that's just a thing that I've been stuck yeah. on this week. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I I never really thought about that, but um, I must admit, I do. I I I always want to see bad guys get punished. Always in any situation, if okay. they do something evil, I'm like, oh, I want to see you. I want to see you scream in pain I want does to that come from like bad like a karmic you. place inside of you or is that just you enjoy watching the suffering of evil oh definitely the first one um oh of evil I, I mean I guess who doesn't enjoy seeing the suffering of evil you enjoy but even then like you saying that you enjoy watching someone suffer is a bit dark quack 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 um not but only if they have done th- and I I think I'm falling into the trap of only if they have done things to deserve it like so when, you will happily watch them suffer. When trigger warning, Joffrey was choking on his own vomit and spit. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. Prime television. Sure. Love that moment. I wish it lasted a bit longer. And so, and can you describe what it is that you liked about that so much? Well, having watched someone do so many awful, evil things to so many good people mm-hmm. for so many seasons, yeah, uh, it was just it just felt vindicating and and rewarding. To, it felt like a punchline and a payoff is what it was. It felt like yes, that that is how that should have ended. He should have suffered and I'm glad that he did. Sure. And that feels like largely like a like a satisfying like narrative element. Like that's a lot of what it was too. It was like it was good storytelling. I um, no no I don't think the storytelling part of it even comes into it for me. I, I genuinely oh. just enjoy seeing bad people get punished. Oh sure. That's it. Were you one of those people that got really excited when Osama bin Laden was murdered? Uh, no, I think I only like that. I, I only have that sort of morality in stories because I know it's not real. Oh, okay. But with Osama bin Laden, that's just such a real big complex thing that I'm not just going to go woo when when they so shoot him. So many people just went woo, and it really right. frightened me. Well, it, yeah, because it does feel a bit like we don't. We there are so many elements we don't know, and there are so many things. I'm not saying Osama bin Laden's a good person. <laughs> <laughs> real quickly, put that one out there. But you know, there are so many elements of it we just will never know or understand. Sure. And I think it's it's weird to immediately woo it's Joffrey's death. I knew every element of his story. Uh-huh. I knew he was bad. I knew there was that. I knew who killed him. I knew how he died. I knew all of it. So how I did can you know who killed him. Didn't you want to work that out like two seasons later when that oh, old woman? Oh, sure. Yes, but you. But it's also hinted at you, that. 
It, there's hints. You Did know, you know that it was Natalie Dormer's grandmother? Uh, is it, that who it, it was? It is Natalie Dormer. It was, but no. But you knew that it had something to do with the necklace. You knew it came from someone, and I think you did know that it came from the grandma, but it wasn't, like, confirmed until she was like, Tell Cersei! <laughs> I want him to know. Um, yeah, so, mm. you know, for that reason, you can go, Woo! No problem. Mm-hmm. But Osama Bin Laden's death? Sure, I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it isn't. I'm not going to woo it. <laughs> I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Why did, you didn't woo Osama Bin Laden. No, it really scared me. It really frightened me when everyone was like, yeah. like, of course he's evil. But it really scared me when people were like, yes, we got him. It was like, first of all, we didn't really get him. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, it just really surprised me. Yeah. I was just kind of scared. Okay. I was like, and I was talking to my sister's boyfriend about, and this is only very vaguely connected, but the soccer is currently happening. It is. And I was going home from work the other day through the city and a bunch of men were chanting around because Australia had won. Oh. It was so scary. Anytime and, men chant. Oh my God. And they were chanting positive things. They were excited about sport victory, which is significant. Culturally. You know how easy it would take for men to just become violent and angry. Oh my God. But it even made me think of just like, imagine if you were at war with these men or any in any conflict. The idea of if it was just like a group of twenty guys, but they were terrifying. Mm-hmm. If they turned on you and they had like loincloths and shields, that would be so scary. Just shields. That's all. Just shields and their fists. That's all. And they their need. songs. And their, <laughs> and their, and their camaraderie. <laughs> um, I also just want to point out that Marsha Lim, who played Penny, so she was like the sister of the dead guy and the twin. They had a, like a neat little conversation about sort of like connecting as siblings about. You know, oh. the, the misery of having lost their brother. Oh. Um, yeah, it was like the most touching moment in the show, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. It was also just nice to see, when I came in, it was like a sort of like a big sprawling living room set. Right. And I just always, somehow it feels, and maybe this is a very like, I hate using the word basic, but a very basic thing to think, especially like as a writer, I just think there's something so calming and familiar about walking in and seeing a naturalistic, like domestic setup. Sure, why is that? Because it's just familiar, and it's comfy, and I think it's been the backdrop for so many real-life and theatrical stories. I mean, it is that sort of immediate relatable thing of, oh, I, I can see stories happening here. Yeah, it yeah. feels like, almost like, somehow, like, mentally or creatively, it feels like coming home or something. Like, well, oh, we're back to so. this. Because there, there is something about walking in and seeing a set that's like, I don't know, like, half a door suspended from the roof, and it's, it's just so much, it's like, what is this going to be? Like, what what, what yes, the fuck is I've this? I've walked into symbol world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, good. I mean, I have to make a lot of conclusions here. <laughs> yeah, but if it's just a living room, it's like, oh, the mum's going to sit in that chair at one point maybe and yes. be sad. Like, uh-huh. that's great. You can, Yeah, there is definitely that sort of, it is definitely coming home, isn't it? Yeah. At yeah. some point, two people are going to sit on that couch and the distance between them will be significant. <laughs> yes, true. Yep, I wonder if that pitcher of water is going to come into play. I wonder yes. if they're going to pick up that photo that's sitting over on that dresser oh. and then walk it over to a different piece of furniture. And then sadly put it down. Yes. <laughs> Not a word spoken. Yep. Is that a real piano? Yes. Yep. Oh is there liquor hidden somewhere? <laughs> There's always liquor hidden somewhere. And it's always just brown liquid. Yes. <laughs> I love it. You're right. I love it. It's old tea. It's old tea in that bottle. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do love a naturalistic lounge room set. You're right. I love it. Yeah. Those like will those plates get thrown? Yeah. Yes. There's so many. Yeah. You're right. There are a lot of things you can then. But you're. But how will they handle a dinner if they all sit around the table? What parts are they gonna mine? Oh god. What elements of it are they gonna mine? (laughs) 
And what elements are they going to be real about? Sure, sure. Yep. I feel yep. like that's coming from a recent bruise. Oh god, <laughs> I've seen a few shows recently where they where it's just like, why are you miming this bit, and why are you not miming this bit? <laughs> like, I get it's probably for the story, but also just get a prop. <laughs> they also in the set had this really wonderful window, so it was like the door was cent- like the front door was central upstage, uh-huh. and then if you left, everyone left. Oh! So yes. Everyone left to the right. So you would walk out of the house and you turn right and then you would always see their head sort of like bop, bop past, past the window. <laughs> That's a great And I love sometimes that. it would be like a, like a very deliberate, like, oh, you see them coming, they maybe give you a wave. Mm. Sometimes it would be nothing. But I just thought it was like a cute little inclusion that just meant you had a little extra glimpse of their noggin as yeah, they left. Yeah, that the little house. extra bit of work as well. I think that's, I, I love it. Because that's a thing, the door and the window. Like you can always. There's a, few, there's a few Broadway shows that have recordings out that have like the window that you walk past to get in the door mm. and I think that's like I just think that's a nice piece of stagecraft mm. it's almost oh. a contemporary version of that Nosferatu ascending the staircase <laughs> <laughs> spooky hand shadowy yes, yes. well but, uh, well, I think we've spoken about every part of a living room we can <laughs> <laughs> also carpets Carl's about to say rugs <laughs> um, yeah great anything else you want to say about suicide <laughs> <laughs> I reckon don't do it <laughs> Take that to the bank. (laughs) Take that. Okie dokie. We did it another week. Yeah, we did. My God. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I guess, oh, I do just want to like thank these shows in particular for their patience because we we couldn't record this any sooner because of my stupid voice and this pandemic. Yes, it's been tricky, uh, but we've gotten around to them. There's still more in the backlog as well we need to get to, which we are going to get to probably within the next two weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so again, thank you for your patience with that. Um, to everyone that's listening, thank you so much for listening. This is so fun, so it's really wonderful to get to do this with you. Mm. Um, if you're doing anything soon... Oh, let us know, Give baby. us tickets to it. We will come along we'll come to along it. Come along and see it. Um, we're super keen to see it and talk about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Midsummer's coming up soon. Oh, yeah, so we're going to see a bunch of Midsummer stuff. Very excited about um, that. So yeah, of course, reach out if you're doing that. If you want us to come along, we will merrily do it. We're gaybos. We're so hugely queer. We've already so... got that maybe in common. Hey, hopefully, if you're doing a show for Midsummer, um, that could be something that isn't gay. That could be some other thing. No, no, I said queer. Quit. Oh, you did? I did say queer. Oh, interesting. Uh, interesting. Makes me more progressive than you. So <laughs> I, I may already disagree with things we've already said. Um, uh, our opinions are constantly changing by nature of being human beings. Yes, and also friends don't let friends become theatre critics because they are not human beings. <laughs> um, we have I, an Instagram. We, we have do. an email. Yeah, use your imagination. Figure them out. <laughs> They'll be in the show notes, etc. Um, yeah. Anyway, great. That's it. That's it. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah, don't get too sweaty. James is pretty sweaty because it's pretty hot. So sweaty. My butt is so sweaty. I wore my blue little short shorts and I'm really worried I've sweated them through. And now everyone's going to know that I have sweat, but... (laughs) Happy summer, everybody. Oh my God, don't get shot by a gun dog. 